your presence, O oh God, is fullness of joy. Lord, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, what fellowship divine, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you for being our Father today. We thank you for being our Savior. We thank you for being our healer and our deliverer today. Lord, have your way among your people today, Lord. Continue to move and to operate. Lord, that your angels would be encamped around about us this, this afternoon, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory and praise and honor to you, Jesus. Glory and praise and honor to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all He has done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. Oh, praise God for saving me. Oh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all He has done for me, oh, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. Oh, praise God for saving me. Oh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, oh, and all He has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, oh, oh, praise God for saving me. Let's sing it again. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all He has done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah, oh, praise God for saving me. Hallelujah, Jesus, we want to thank you. Oh, for your goodness and mercy and your grace. We want to thank you, God, for your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I think of a racing Kringle when I think of the goodness of Jesus. Because <laughs> grain came from the Lord. He caused the grain to grow out of the ground so that they could make us such a thing. Hallelujah. God's good to us today, isn't He? He is so good to us. He's better to us, maybe, than we deserve. Amen. Men's prayer breakfast, men's prayer and breakfast next Saturday. We will meet here at 8 a.m. for prayer. And uh, maybe a little teaching, and then we'll go have breakfast somewhere. Amen. And so let's not forget that. Next, uh, I believe next Saturday also, there's no ladies meeting here, but we, uh, the ladies here are going to be supporting the ladies' day that's going to be happening at the Wausau Church. If you have any questions or if you need a ride or anything like that, please see Sister DeMuth. Snow tubing tentatively, very tentatively. Supposed to be 50s this week. 
Yeah. Best, best laid plans of mice and men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Threatened to schedule something like snow tubing. That's right. February 17th, the good Lord willing, and the snow falls again. We don't know. We're just, whatever the Lord decides to do, we'll just, maybe we'll just, that's right. There's still ice on the river, so we can't go fishing, so I don't know what we'll do. We'll come up with, that's right, have a barbecue. Hospitality ministry, if you're interested in being a part of the hospitality ministry, there's going to be a training on the 18th of February after service here. And there will be lunch provided for that. So see Brother Brother Wayne and Sister Vicky, if you have any questions about that or if you're interested. Amen. Well, can't nobody do me like Jesus? Can nobody oh do me like the Lord? Can nobody oh do me like Jesus? He my friend, well, he healed my body, then he told me to run on, he healed my body, oh, then he told me to run on, he healed my body, oh, then he told me to run on, he's my friend, well, now can't Nobody, oh, do me like Jesus can. Nobody, oh, do me like the Lord can. Nobody, oh, do me like Jesus. He's my friend. Well, he healed my body. And he told me to run on, he healed my body. And he told me to run on, he healed my body. He told me to run on, he's my friend. Well, now can't nobody... Do me like Jesus can nobody. Oh, do me like the Lord can't nobody. Oh, do me like Jesus. He's my friend. And I know He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. For He's God in the Holy Ghost. He's God all three in one. And I know God is God. And God don't ever change. I know God is God. And Jesus is His name. He's God on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the Amen corner. He's God all over this floor. And I know God is God. And God don't ever change. I know God is God. And Jesus is His name. He's God in the lightning. He's God when the thunder rolls. Well, He's God way up in the... He's God down in my soul, and I know God 
God is God. And God don't ever change. I know God is God. And Jesus is His name. Well, I know He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. Well, He's God in the Holy Ghost. God all three in one. And I know God is God. And God don't ever change. I know God is God. And Jesus is His name. He's God the platform. He's God at back door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over this floor. And I know God is God. And God don't ever change. I know God is God. And Jesus is His name. Oh, He's God in the Father. Well, He's God in the Son. He's God in the Holy Ghost. He's God all three in one. And I know God is God. Well, God don't ever change. God is God. And Jesus is His name. I've got the Holy Ghost all down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, well, I've been through the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and I'm so satisfied. Well, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Oh, just like the Bible just like the Bible, just like the Bible says, I've got the Holy Ghost all down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, I've got the Holy Ghost all down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, well, I've been through the water and I've been baptized. My soul's got happy and I'm so satisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible just like the Bible, just like the Bible says, well, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Oh, yes, we do. In the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, Demons will have to flee. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on that 
great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We have the victory. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Demons will have to flee. Oh, tell me who can stand before us. When we call on His great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here. Thank you, Jesus, that you fight for your people. Hallelujah, Jesus, that you are the prince, that you are, Lord Jesus, the, 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 the king of glory. You are the captain of the hosts of Israel. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. What an awesome presence of God here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He is so good to us. <clears throat> and he is so worthy of worship. He's so worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. When you know Jesus, it's so easy to worship. Praise God. And when you know about him, it's sometimes easy to worship. But when you know him, oh, worship is so natural. It's, it's so necessary to worship the one that died for me. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Our scripture text will be found in the book of Luke chapter 21. <clears throat> Luke chapter 21, we'll start reading at verse 25. I love it, Brother DeMuth, when you just roll the songs together like that. I love that. Just keep going, keep chugging. <laughs> That's right. Luke chapter 1, verse 25, says this. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. 
Amen. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we're so thankful for you, your presence here today. I pray, Lord, that you would minister wondrously, gloriously, as you do. I pray, Lord Jesus, that faith would be released into this assembly to trust you for all things, to believe in you for all things. I pray, God, that you'd bind us together as one body, looking to the Lord our God. Work wondrously in this place today, I pray, according to your perfect will, according to our desperate need. In these things we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We've heard once or twice in the past year, probably a few more times before that, the previous years, that Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. And uh, we've heard about the, all the, the troubles and the woes that are about to befall the church. And true, uh, we are about to experience a time of sifting, I believe, a time of, uh, of sifting of the wheat and chaff. The lines are going to be more clearly drawn uh, as, as time goes on. Uh, right now, I've, I've preached that we're kind of a homogenous group in the, in the church worldwide. There's uh, from the very spiritual to the barely spiritual and everything in between. Uh, but they're all part of the church, supposedly-ish. Uh, God, God will sort that out. But as trouble begins to take place and as tribulation starts to affect the people of God, those philosophies and those worldviews that people have relied on and trusted on. Well, the Bible is nice, and it's nice to come to church, but only when things are nice. When things aren't nice, then this is the first to go. When things have become inconvenient, this is the first to, to uh, slip off to the side for something more convenient. Those people are going to go away, those convenient Christians, because trouble is coming, sifting is coming, and the line is going to be either... All the way in or all the way out, just like it is in other countries in the world today. If you're in, folks, you're in all the way because you know that if you're found out, if someone finds out that you have declared Christ as your Savior, it could cost you your head. And new converts, folks, new converts are making that choice to serve God, even though it might cost me my life. It might cost me my husband or my wife's life. It might cost my children's lives. They're making the choice to serve Jesus Christ anyway. And in the United States today, how many people can say, of a surety, as much as you're able to, that I am ready. I'm ready. If, that, if it ever comes to that, and I pray, I'm continuing to pray it doesn't, I still think God can send revival and and have a great awakening if he wants to. But at some point, folks, this is all going to come to a close. It's kind of like the, you know, God can heal the body, but eventually it's going to die. So God can keep restoring the church, and he can keep sending revival to the world, but at some point, it's got to close out. It's got to close at some point. And I, I, I really feel, and a lot of you and, and people that are in the church, voices that, that, that God uses, believe that this is it. We're in the end times. Uh, could be tomorrow. Could be another 20 years. You know, we don't know how long. We don't know the day or the hour. But 
the first thing we need to do is understand that these times at some point are coming. And we need to be ready for them. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to be afraid or nervous or scared. Not, not at all. Because with those times is also coming a period of great revival. With those times, people are going to be flooding into the church. Even as others will be leaving the church. But we're expecting a great period of revival. An exciting time to be alive. God has chosen each of us for exactly such a time as this. We could have been born at any period in history. We could have been born any place in history. But he placed us here now for the very reasons that we're speaking of. He is entrusting to us the church of the last days. What are we doing with that responsibility? Are we faithfully discharging the trust and the confidence that he has placed in his church today? Amen. There is a time of sifting coming, but there is also a time of great revival, a great time of expectation, a time of open doors for sharing the gospel. God is going to be swinging doors wide open, folks. And we've got to be ready to take advantage of those open doors when they appear. We've got to recognize an open door, first of all. And then we've got to have the courage and the faith to step through the door. God's going to be pushing these open all over the place. I believe that. But for those in the world, in the church, there's nothing to fear. As a child of God, folks, there's nothing to fear. Persecution jail time, death. The, the Christian has nothing to fear from these things. I'm going home either way. Either death or the rapture. But I'm going home. I have purpose in my heart. I want to see Jesus. And whatever happens down here, I've got to keep that in mind. I've got to keep the goal in mind. It's easy to get distracted and it's easy to get sidetracked with this, that, and the other. But I've got to stay focused. We've got to stay focused, folks, especially in these times. We've got to continue to focus on the goal, on the prize. <clears throat> because the people of this world... Without God, they have no hope at all. They have no hope. The marginal Christians, if you'll permit me to use that word Christian loosely like that, they have no hope. Their hope isn't in God. Their hope is in a bank account, a job, the government, with a Jesus veneer put all over it. Their trust isn't in God. Luke 21 and 26 states, Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Things are coming, folks, that have not been seen heretofore. <clears throat> God is going to begin to do things that people haven't seen on the earth before. And it's going to frighten them. It's going to scare them. And rightly so. But it ought not scare you. 
It ought not scare us. The Bible speaks about fragile marriage relationships in the end times. Luke 17, 26 and 27 says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. By extension, this also refers to just living life. Just busy about taking care of the bills and feeding the kiddos and and putting a roof over our heads. All necessary things, for sure. But that's not why we're here. That's not why we live. That's not who we identify as. That's not the purpose we were created. We were created to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to advance His kingdom, to give glory to God. The Bible speaks about falling moral standards. 28 and 29 of the same chapter, Luke 17. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. They either, A, were not at all interested in moral concerns, or B, their morals were completely reversed. They were calling good evil and evil good. Exactly like the world we live in today. If you're a Christian, you're considered a terrorist, a domestic terrorist, guilty of hate speech. I can't imagine what they'd think of Jesus if he came back to the earth and started ministering in the same way he ministered before. The Bible speaks of full heads and restless hearts. Daniel 12 and 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Precisely the world we live in today. Knowledge is increasing at an exponential rate, and wisdom is falling off a cliff. There is no wisdom in the world today. As I define wisdom, it's how do I use that knowledge? How do I apply it? The knowledge that I have. Make weapons and bombs. Make artificial intelligence. Make sense in computers. That seems like a good idea. There's there's so many people warning against that. Just as one example. But those that are knowledgeable in that area, they keep advancing it and pushing it. No, 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 this is going to be good. We'll build safeguards in. Well, if they're sentient, can't they deactivate the protocols? Can't they rewrite the code? It's writing code now, folks. AI is literally writing its own code. You can go on to chat GPT and say, I need a program written in Python that will do this. And it'll spit out the code for you. You just cut it and paste it and run it. Don't tell me that they can't rewrite their own code. 
I mean, just one example of many that we could use. Knowledge is increasing. But rather than apply it wisely, they apply it according to the nature of their hearts, greedily. How does one live in such a time? As a Christian, as someone in the world, I don't have the first clue how you live without God. I did it for 22 years. I was desperate to find something more. When I found it, I latched onto it. This is what I was looking for my entire life. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to give it up. But as a Christian, you live by being aware of the signs of the times. The signs in nature. Luke 21, 25, and 26 says there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Have you looked at the weather recently? I can't even get a sledding party in. I finally, we finally get together and we plan this thing out. I want a sledding party. I love sledding. Oh, good luck. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Got it on. Now it's like summer. If I'd have known that's all we had to do to get rid of this cold, I'd have done this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, go to Alaska too. <laughs> I'd have done this a long time ago. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. We can take the warm. We'll just get rain. Signs in the nations. Luke 21, 29, and 30 says, He spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees, which they now shoot forth. Ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. If you will, consider Israel as a nation, the fig tree, and all the other trees, all the other nations of the earth. God orchestrates the world stage, folks. He changes times and seasons according to his will. He lifts up kings and sets them down again. He advances kingdoms and sets them down again according to his will. And when the time is at hand, he is going to have everything in place according to his will. Whatever that might be. Now, us here, it might look, it might look weird and strange and scary how he has things set up. I don't, I don't know how he's going to set it up. He does. But at the day appointed, he's going to have everything in place, just the way he wants it. And if we believe that, then we have hope. We have confidence in God that everything is going to work out according to his will. And we trust him because he loves his people. He's faithful to his covenant people. Amen. And we can keep our confidence and our faith and our hope and our trust in the Lord our God, no matter what comes down the pike. 
Technology to Modern World Converse. Revelation 13:17 says that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay, I'm not going to talk at all about what the number of the beast is going to be. Um, not the purpose of the lesson. But there is a number of the beast. There is something that will have to be received so that we can buy and sell, so that we can buy food, pay bills, all of that thing. And if we don't have whatever this is going to be, we're going to be locked out. That's going to be scary to some people. So scary, in fact, that they'll take it so that they can feed their starving children. So that they can provide for their wives. There'll be all kinds of good reasons to take the mark of the beast. But there are no good reasons to take the mark of the beast. Few looking for Christ's return. Matthew twenty four forty four. Therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not. The Son of Man cometh. A lot of people are going to be surprised when he comes back. A lot of people are going to be caught. I won't use that phrase. They're going to be caught unawares. Don't be caught unawares. Be always ready. Be always looking for his return. Brother Jamuth said it last time he spoke. I want him to see me out in the field when he comes back, but for that to happen, I need to be out in the field all the time. I need to be about my father's business all the time because I don't know when he's coming back. Whenever he does come back, I want him to see me about his business. Amen. When we see these signs in the heaven and in the earth, it should cause us to look up and to be encouraged as Christians, as the people of God, because our redemption draweth nigh. For those in the world, this is a time of terror. This is a time of, uh, of judgment. But for the church folks, It's a time of promise. It's a time of hope. So that means that we don't have a lot of time to transition people from the world into the church. We don't have a lot of time. We are to witness until he returns seizing opportunities to witness for Christ. Acts 1, 8 through 11 says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. 
The signs of his imminent return should cause us to want to witness and to minister more. And I appreciate and I pray for this, that God's people, that I would receive a burden for the lost, that I would receive a passion and a zeal to do those things that please God. But while I'm waiting for that passion and for that zeal, I can make a choice. I can simply choose to be a witness, whether I feel like it or not. I can choose to minister to someone, whether I feel like it or not. I don't always feel like praying. I don't always even feel like worshiping. But I pray and I worship because it pleases God. It's the right thing to do. And I know from experience that when I start to pray and when I start to worship, my pastor always said, going through the motions brings on the emotions. And that's true. I'll just go through the motions of worshiping. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, God. It's not too long after that, I'm starting to feel God. I'm starting to get into his presence. The emotions are not required to serve God. We want them. We love them. And I do. You know how I feel about emotions in general. But I still love experiencing those. I love the goosebumps. I love feeling the presence of God. That's what got me into church in the first place, is feeling the presence of God so powerfully. I love that feeling. I love that experience. But that's not what I'm living on. I stand on the Word of God. That's what I stand on. Not my experiences, not my feelings. Whether the feelings are there or not, I need to be about my Father's business. I'm still going to pray for a burden. I'm still going to pray for passion and zeal. And I, I think we all should. Because who doesn't like doing things they're passionate about? But in the meantime, while we're waiting on that, let's be about our Father's business anyway. Praise God. Ministering and reaching out to others ministers to us as well, doesn't it? I was told a long time ago, and I've discovered it to be absolutely true, that when you teach a Bible study, you learn more than the student does. It is so true. I have learned more teaching people Bible studies than anything else. It's awesome. It's like God just won't be any man's debtor. He just keeps giving and giving and giving. When we minister to others, we're not focused on ourselves. How awesome is that? Nobody wants an inward, inwardly focused Christian. That's, that's, a, that's a zit. That's an ingrown hair. No one likes those. We, we want to be outward focused. Amen. Yeah, don't be a zit. <laughs> Keep looking outward and outward until he comes. Look to the concerns of others. Esteem others better than yourselves. Amen. The time is nigh. Luke 21, 28 says, When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. 30 and 31 says, When they now suit forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. When the snow is melting, warm weather comes, You know that summer's here. 
So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. What are the signs of the times, folks? What are the seasons telling us? I believe with all my heart it's telling me to look up. Because my redemption is drawing nigh. And folks, that's exciting. I understand we have a responsibility to this world to reach the lost. And we're going to be focusing on that this year. We're going to be, we're going to be preaching and teaching. We're going to be offering opportunities to be a minister, to be a witness, all of that. But at the same time, I'm looking forward to my home. I'm looking forward to going home. Amen. I want to see Jesus. I want to spend time in his direct physical presence. I want to look on his face. Amen. I am so looking forward to that. I can say with Paul, I'm in a straight betwixt two. I really am. The longer I live, the longer I serve Jesus, and I haven't done anything super great, you know, like some people have. I haven't endured uh, great trials like some people have, but I've endured some things, and, and God has done some things through me. If he wants to call it closed, I'm good with that. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. We can live in this world by being diligent in our devotional life. God's word endures through any circumstance and through every situation. Luke 21:33 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Amen. God, God's word, is the only sure thing in his creation. Everything else changes. Everything else is mutable. He is immutable. I am the Lord, I change not. That's a definition of perfection, by the way. If you move in any direction from there, you're less than perfect. So he can't change and be perfect at the same time. We've got to be diligent in our private worship. We've got to study Scripture. The Bible builds faith, Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you want more faith, read the Bible. Read the Word of God. It will build your great faith. The Bible keeps us from sin. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. We've got to read the Bible daily. We've got to pray daily. Those boring, old, daily disciplines. Not exciting. Not fun. So necessary. So important. So nourishing. Amen. A lot of Christians, I think, I gave the, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Bishop got reelected to the position of presbyter of Section 4. I totally forgot to mention that. Amen. Praise God. So I was going to say something that happened at conference. I'm so thankful, too. So thankful. 
I know he's here and it looks like I'm eating cheese, but <laughs> I'm going to eat some cheese. This man, this man represents us so well with the district, represents our section. Amen. He does such a good job. Uh, I aspire to be like you. I'm, I mean that. I mean that. Praise God. But uh, my presbyter gave me an opportunity to, to talk about global missions because I'm the, the Section 4 rep. And uh, one thing I mentioned there was uh, what, that, what one of our missionaries said. can't remember the missionary. Why well, I didn't mention who they were. Um, but I remember the story. Uh, there was a woman in, in, the, uh, in the village there, uh, and she saved up one month's salary so that she could purchase a Bible that she couldn't even read. And my mind keeps going back to that from time to time. And I have to wonder, in my life, in our lives, certainly the church here in in first world countries, do we value the Word of God? Do we truly value it? The Word of God is, I mean, there are people around the world dying for the Word of God, so that they can promote the Word of God, so that they can uh, pass out the Word of God to people, smuggling in it into countries. Do I value the Word of God like that? Would I spend one month's salary to buy a, a, a Spanish Bible, if that's all that was available, just so that this is the Word of God, and I have it in my hands. I can't read it, but this is the Word of God. How do I view the Word of God? How do I view Scripture? Do I look at it like that? Or do I just... Time to do my devotions again. God help us. If that's, if that's how I'm... We're looking at it like that. The Word of God is so... I mean, it's, it's all important. It's all important. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That will endure forever. We have truth, folks. Truth, pure, unadulterated, objective, external truth. Oh, my word. There are philosophers that have spent their entire lives groping around in the dark, trying to grasp onto one crumb of truth. They never do, by the way. You read their books, you listen to what they say. It's just ludicrous. And at the end, the best of them discover that there can't be truth because I can't find it. What other conclusion are you going to come to? There is no other truth out there except the truth of the Word of God. The truth of Scripture. We've got to value it, folks. And how do I value it? I spend time with it. I own it. I possess it. I hide it in my heart. I memorize it. I study it out. I'm apt to teach. I quote it. I do it. I value it more than anything else. More than anything else. I've got to value this book, the Word of God. So I've got to spend time in it daily. I've got to be reading it, not just to check off a box. Scripture day to keep the devil away. 
I'm reading it for more than that. It's because I love it. I need it. It's my, it's my necessary food. Amen. Value the Word of God. Possess it. God's given it to us. He's made us repositories of His truth. He's entrusted us with it. We must be diligent in public worship. We need each other. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now it doesn't say not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together in the church building. And it doesn't say not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together at my home or at the hotel conference room. Or it doesn't say anywhere. It doesn't talk about where we're meeting, just that we meet. We don't have to meet anywhere. We can meet under the stars. As long as we're meeting together. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. This is one reason. This is one reason, folks, that I... I know Zoom is, is a great technology. I know that. Video conferencing and all that. We've, we've used it here and other businesses and... When it's necessary and that's all that's available, I think it's a great tool. Trying to teach a Bible study to someone in Cambodia. Uh, Yeah, Zoom's great. I can't get to Cambodia. But whenever possible, I think it's good to meet in person. I think it's it's good to get together in person. And there's a reason for that. All kinds of studies have been done on this. You know, physical touch. As human beings, we need physical touch. You shake someone's hand, you give them a hug, pat on the back, something. We need that. And when I'm alone in my computer room looking at a monitor with a bunch of people, I mean, that's, that's conversing, you know. If that's all we can do, that's good, but there's, there's, there's no real intimacy there. There's no... There's no, yeah, it's, it's very impersonal. And so when we gather together as much as possible, I'm going to insist that we gather together in person. Amen. Because I like, I like seeing you. I like being able to shake your hand. I like all of that. And I'm an introvert. You'd think I'd be fine stuck in a closet somewhere looking at a, monitor but I'm not I don't I don't like that I don't like texting either because it's so hard to get toned down someone someone sends a text I'm like what do they mean by that yeah you just don't know and when I send something I'm very careful to make sure that you know haha and blah 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 and whatever so that It's not mistaken. Anyway, when we get together, and we've got to get together, we've got to assemble together. The Bible talks about it, it commands it, and it's just good for us. Because when we're together, I can encourage you, you can encourage me. I can minister to you, you can minister to me. We can minister one to another. I can hear about what's going on in your life. I know what to pray for. Can I help? Is there something I can do? You get to hear what's going on in my life. 
<coughs> I'm not going to make a joke. <laughs> a strong devotional life, being faithful to prayer, assembling together with our brothers and sisters, Bible study brings peace in any storm. When we're doing the work of God, when we're about His business, we're advancing His kingdom. We got our eyes on the prize. We're focused on the goal. Folks, there's peace in any storm. Whatever comes down the pike, whatever God is going to arrange or has arranged is good. It's fine. Fantastic. The Lord has it. He's on the throne. I can trust Him for that. Whatever fallout I receive for that is fine. Because, folks, I'm looking up. I'm looking up because my redemption is drawing nigh. Time is drawing to a close. What are we going to do about it? Again, lines are going to become very clear, very defined. There is going to be clear and direct opposition to God's church. And that's okay. In some ways, that makes it easier. I mean, really. I don't have to worry. What do they what do they mean by that? What No, I thank you. That was clear. I know exactly what you mean. You hate my guts and want me dead. Okay. I understand that. <clears throat> Very good. It's going to be clear and it's going to be direct. There's going to be a great end time revival. I'm looking forward to that. I want to jump right into the middle of that thing. Amen. There's going to be many opportunities for us to demonstrate Jesus to this world. And I do mean demonstrate. Not just speak of, but to example. We've got to be prepared. And I'm going to close with this verse. Jeremiah 12 and 5. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? In other words, folks, it's easy to live for God today. Easy. There's no persecution. Not really. People might snicker and make fun. Okay, fair enough. But I was a nerd in school. They snickered and made fun of me as a non-Christian. I had, they would, I guess I just get to carry on. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I never bled from anything. I never got cut. Never broke a bone. Never lost a meal. Because people were snickering. But that time's coming. When they're going to threaten your spouse, threaten your children, unless you give up, forsake the name of Jesus. What are you going to do then? If you're struggling living for the Lord now, can I be plain? You're not going to make it then. So I implore you. Make up your mind today. Get 
get everything settled in your hearts today. Because the time is coming where it's going to be too late. If you don't already have your mind made up, it's not going to be made up. Today, God has given us an amazing opportunity to settle these things here, now. So that when those days do approach, when the end times do come full strength, the enemy comes raging against us. The time of sifting is at hand. We're ready. We're prepared. make it. I don't know specifics any more than you do, but I know this. It's something the church is going to have to go through to get home. And if that's what I have to go through to get home, then so be it. Because I'm going home. Whatever it costs, whatever it takes, I'm going home. Whatever I have to do or stop doing, I'm going home. Believe it. I've gone through too much. I've sacrificed too much. I've experienced too much, both in the negative and in the positive, to back out now. And so have you. So have every one of you. It would be a shame to have gone through all of that and then walk away at the final hour. Can you imagine how you're going to respond after the fact? Those people that walk away at the final hour and then realize when it's too late what they did. God forbid. Let's all stand. We need to be ready for two things as the church of God. To endure whatever it is we're called to endure. And to take advantage of every opportunity that God presents us to minister to the needs of those around us. To reach out to the lost. To give them the same opportunity that you and I have had. Amen. Just like I want to go home, I don't want to miss out on heaven. I don't want them to either. I was them at one point in time. I thought like they thought. I lived like they lived. I didn't know any better just like they don't. I owe them. I owe something to them. Amen. That's how I look at it. I want to go home and I want to bring as many people as I can with me. Praise God. And again, I want to reiterate, this isn't a guilt trip. I want to encourage each and every one of us. God has ordained us. God has commissioned us. He's equipped us to minister to the needs of others. To reach out to certain people that He's placed us in our, they've placed us in our lives. 
We have influence in their lives. You don't have to stand on a street corner and preach. Although if you want to, let me know how it goes. But we can minister to that one person at work. We can minister to that one person that we always see at the grocery store or at the restaurant. Build a relationship with someone. Next door neighbor. Someone. One. Just one. Amen. God has been so good to us. And it's only going to get better from here. Praise God. These altars are open. I want us to call out on the Lord Jesus Christ now for a time. We need to know, folks. You need to know. Am I where God wants me to be? These things that are coming down the pike, again, it could be 20, 30 years before we see anything. It could be next week. We don't know. That's why people buy insurance. Because they don't know when an accident's going to happen. That's why we get ready today. Because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. Let him search your hearts. Let him search your minds. Let him speak to you. And listen. And do what the Holy Ghost says. Lord Jesus, we see in the Word of God and we understand by looking at the events, the culture, the the signs of the times, that your return is imminent. I am simultaneously excited and concerned, excited because I'm going home. I'm entering into my reward, that thing that I've lived for my whole adult life. Amen. I'm so excited about that. But I'm concerned, Lord, that there are those in my life, those that I know, those that I work with, they're not ready for you to come back. If you came back today, they wouldn't make it. And I pray, oh God, that you'd help me, that you'd help me say something or, or do something or, or, or use me to impact their lives for you. Somehow, I don't care how, but somehow, Lord, use me to reach them. Use me to minister to them. Use me to, to somehow lead them into a relationship with you. They so desperately need you, Lord, and they don't know it. They're looking at everywhere and every everyone else, but what they need is you. Who they need is you. Help them to see it, Lord. Give them eyes to see and, and ears to hear and a heart to understand so that they might see and that they might hear and that they might be converted. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. You're about to wrap all this this whole thing up. It's all coming to a close. You've placed us at this time for this reason. 
Help us, Lord Jesus, to be worthy of that trust. Help us, Lord Jesus, to discharge faithfully the responsibilities you've given us. Help us to take our walk with you seriously. The fact that we must demonstrate you to this world. We must demonstrate who you are, your character. We must demonstrate your power and your authority. We must demonstrate your love and your mercy and your compassion to this world. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We're called to do nothing less. We're called to be nothing less than Christ-like. To be holy. To be perfected. Complete in you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Commensurate with this task that you've given us. You've given us power and authority. You've given us availability. You've given us commission and, and opportunity to do those things that please you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us to be about our Father's business. I pray, I pray, I pray. Speak with your people now, I pray. Speak with each of us, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to do that which you command us to do. Help us to follow your direction. You are the head of this church. You are the, you are the one that sits upon the throne. Lead your people now, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for every opportunity you make available to us to serve you, to please you, to advance your kingdom to give glory to the Lord our God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You have called each and every person here. You have called all people everywhere into a relationship with you. You have called all people everywhere, and you have created them for ministry, for purpose. Hallelujah, Jesus. While we continue to pray for a burden and for passion and for zeal, for the things of God and for the work of God, help us to discipline ourselves to do those things, not necessarily those things that are convenient, but those things that are pleasing in your sight. Help us to discipline our time, our energies, our resources toward that end, toward that goal to advance your kingdom. Do those things that please you. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that your name would be glorified. That your name would be glorified in each life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. We are to be about our Father's business. All the while looking with hope and with expectation to God that this thing is coming to a close and that we're all going home.
This is what we're living for, folks. It's what we're living for. It's our reward. Everlasting life with Him. A treasure in heaven that can't be spent. Although we'll continue to spend it. Wow. That's the retirement plan I'm talking about. Praise God. Praise God. Things are going to get really exciting one way or the other. I think they're going to get exciting in a positive way. Yeah, there'll be some things that we'll have to go through. But I'm looking at it positively, folks. God's going to do great things. God's going to work miracles, signs, and wonders that we haven't seen before, that we've never heard about before. He's going to do new things all day long. And then we're going to get to go home. Praise God. But in the meantime, let's stay about our Father's business. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We're so thankful for you for visiting us here today, ministering to us according to our need. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as we move forward from this place, that our hearts would be stayed on you, our minds would be stayed on those things that we must be about our Father's business. Help us to keep our eye on the prize. Help us to keep the goal in mind as we move forward this week. I pray, God, that you'd be with each and every person here within the sound of my voice. Bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring us back to your place, your house at the day appointed. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.